my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. is not here you can you can just talk all all the smack you want while you're waiting because he constantly gives you a hard time about being late about kev no sir mr big kev is a wonderful friend (laughs) and i care so much about him and you know it's just he's just a really good boss and co-worker for me (laughs) he is a caring individual oh well while we wait on kev when i think of kev i think of Caring, punctual. <laughs> Not the other fine words. Uh, we're gonna do geek stuff Mad Lib night one of these days. Um, let's do the social medias while we're waiting for Kevin, then we can jump in. Uh, be sure you are following the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's Geek Stuff TNG and all those places. You can even check out the website geekstufftng.com. Uh, you can contact us on the GVM line. Two zero one. 7302547. Or you can send us an email at geeksoftng at gmail.com. And then, of course, you can support the show over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash geekstufftng, where for just a dollar a month, you get access to the show's private Discord server where we can discuss things like uh, She Hulk and the Sandman and all the other uh, streaming media that is fit to stream. Uh, for just $3 a month, you get the Early Bird Special. So as soon as we're done, uh, recording and editing the show, which is typically Monday night, Tuesday morning, although last week it took me until Thursday to get it done. Um, I put the show on up for the early birds. For $5 a month, it's the bonus round. You get a weekly bonus show like the Sandwich Shop or vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Sometimes we do product reviews, other kind of cool stuff in there. Um, and then for $10 a month, you get to watch the show live and direct on the Instagram Live when Kev gets here to start that. So uh, we do wish that you support the show in all of those places, and we certainly do appreciate it very, very much. So Kev should be here in just a moment while we're waiting on him. The top story this week. Oh, let me hit the button. Geek stuff. What's in the news? 
So there's going to be a $3 movie ticket day, according to uh, various Ooh, sources. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on, really? Tell me it's not like a Wednesday. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, for one day, movie tickets will be $3 in the vast majority of American theaters as part of National Cinema Day. I guess they want to get people to go back and crowd into theaters. That's fair. Because COVID, when is it? COVID was when almost dead, and they want to get everybody back in one room so that they can make sure that COVID sticks it's around. It's got to be on, like, a Thursday from the hours of, like, 2 to 3. Like, it's got to be some kind of... Dude, it's... Okay. Cin- the Cinema Foundation, the nonprofit yes. o- organization arm of the uh, National Association of Theater Owners, announced that September 3rd... So that is right after this episode drops. A Saturday. Right after... Okay, so September, Saturday, September 3rd, 30,000 screens, major changes, chains, including AMC, Regal, and other participating studios, will be selling tickets for no more than $3 for every showing in every format. Oh, wow, shit. Now, doesn't that, like, F up box office sales for movies that came out that weekend? It's like, I can't imagine they got like the pre prep, like, hey, just so you know, we're doing $3 movie day one, <laughs> you know, one day. So, oh, but don't it says release here, that weekend. It says here, Labor Day weekend is traditionally one of the slowest weekends in theaters. So, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be putting your blockbuster out anyway. So, movies that are like out for big box office aren't really going to get released, but it's still, it's definitely going to screw over whatever happens to debut on that weekend. But if you were going to, they balance it out and they make it $50 popcorn. <laughs> They they don't lose any revenue. I mean, yeah, exactly. It'll raise the price. Well, I mean, I think that if it's all agreed with the studios and the theaters, right? Like, it's not like the theaters have to pay more for the... Well, maybe maybe it is. Maybe they pay for the print, right? They pay for the copy of the movie, and that's like a sunk cost, and then they only make back what they charge. I don't know. I I don't own a theater. Well, this thing, too, if, if they're already not... If they're getting, like, essentially 10 people anyways... They're probably still going to make some money if they're doing three dollar tickets. The thing is, they've done a poor job of advertising. If this is like, because it's, it's Saturday, it's this Saturday, like, and you're hearing about it on Geek Stuff TNG as your major news source. Yeah, um, which it, which for those who aren't uh, Patreon members, Patreon.com forward slash Geek Stuff TNG, you're hearing about this the day before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tomorrow, go to the theater. So let's see. It says after more than two years of pandemic, movie theaters rebounded significantly over the summer. With over 3.3 billion ticket sales as of October or August 21st, but it's about 20% off of like 2019 totals. So, yeah. so it said if it's successful, they could uh, make it an annual thing. So, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Since COVID has started, what movies have you seen in theaters? Um. So let's see. So after COVID, let's see. I mean, I went to see Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. In theaters, but I still haven't even seen Thor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, I took the kids to see Rise of Gru pretty recently, um, and then I went to see Batman, mm-hmm. but like I went by myself. Um, I mean, so I mean, I really I have not been out to the theater that many. I've seen a couple other things. I, I don't know I if I went them. more before the pandemic, but I know since the pandemic, outside of like comic movies. Which has been a couple. I think I've seen one movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, theaters. so the question is, 
Is that because uh, of the pandemic or just because everything has switched and you watch stuff on streaming and it comes out so quickly on streaming that it doesn't matter? Well, that's the thing, too. It's like there's, you know, when, you know, The Irishman, I think, came out during COVID. And The Irishman should have, I feel like, been a theater release. It's a Scorsese film. It's like the last gangster film he's going to do. But it went straight to Netflix. Yeah. Well, it for sure would have needed an intermission because you had to take a take a pee at some point i took it i took an intermission in real life because that movie was five hours long it felt like and that might only be an hour exaggeration i think i literally watched like three hours of it's like okay i can't anymore i need to take a break went to sleep for the night and then like woke up in the morning like all right let's finish the irishman yeah i i mean i definitely feel like again it's it's a it's a number of factors right so covid definitely made people's the way that you do things change faster but yes. there's also there's so much content out there you know how am i going to find time to go see a movie when i've got you know whatever 12 episodes of stranger things i still haven't watched you know yeah. i mean now and 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 to some degree is there a difference between i mean i, I know so let's let's just use marvel for for example there's a definitely a difference between she hulk and thor Right, but I mean, I'm I'm ended up waiting till Thor comes on Disney Plus. I'm not going to see it until it comes over there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, do you put the movies like on a higher pedestal than a show, and therefore yeah. that's why you go to the theater? Or you're like, well, I'll just wait till it comes out. I'm just going to watch it whenever I get around to it. Anyway, I'm not in a rush yeah. to see it because I got a million other things to see. Yeah. It's it's the overload is definitely a real thing. I feel like they've they definitely ramped up like, oh, we can do this show and this show and this movie's gonna come out and this thing and this thing. And that's just Disney Plus. And then it's like, oh, Netflix is doing this and HBO's doing this. Like I haven't watched a single episode of House of the Dragon. I wanna watch that. Yeah. Only like two episodes in, but like Game of it, Thrones, I don't want to be behind. Yeah, and well and, and I mean I'm I'm mildly interested in the Rings of Power, although I never even saw all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Don't tell. Oh, there's going to have to be a Scott shop. I'm going to have to watch. We, we already, Don't tell Kevin I haven't seen it. We already talked about it. Yeah. Already, he might know already. I won't. I won't stitch you out. But um, yeah, then I'm going to get assignments too. But um, but so yeah, there's there's House of Dragons. There's the the Lord of the Rings one. There's uh, what else is on right now? So She Hulk is out right now. She Hulk is coming out right now. Um. What is, other stuff is coming out? Like I think I might be losing my mind. I think Invincible's coming out earlier next year. Oh yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be there. So there's just it's content overload. There is, there especially if you like have a job or kids or yeah. other things to do. It's like finding time. You have to like devote time to watch these things, and it's hard. It's hard to find the time. I'm gonna sound like such a crybaby. I forgot what it was like to be in school and like work a couple hours and like, you know, have like more time off. Like I work like a nine to five now. And it's like, oh, my weekends are fantastic. And it's just like sandwiches are working, man. I have to like do things on my weekend. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I remember. Especially, you know, for you, you got a family and, you know, it's, you know, it's like you got one kid, you got three kids, you know, you got to make sure the wife's happy. Then you got to do things like, there's a lot of stuff to do. Oh, yeah. The, like, uh, the one, I think the best decision that I've made as far as that goes is I replaced my lawn with, like, the fake grass. So, I mean, that saves oh, me. Turf? 
Yeah, it saves me like an you know an hour and a half to two hours every other week that I don't have to mow the lawn, right? So I mean, you know, that's you didn't just... want to do the uh, the rock garden, right? Well, you could, you know, you, you can. I mean, that's the thing here in California, right? In drought drought tolerant plants and all that. And I and I thought about it because it's like it doesn't make any sense to have a lawn. It's just a waste of water and, and whatever. But yeah. you know, everybody's used to having some kind of green grass, so. I, I put the, the fake lawn out there and I'm thrilled with it. I love the fact that I don't have to mow the lawn anymore because for however many years of my life that I've owned a home, you know, since, you know, since I graduated from college sometime in the mid seventies and, you know, moved on to home ownership, I've had to mow the lawn every other week. Right. Or, or yeah. and then, you know, sometimes like when I lived in Ohio, it was every week cause it grows fast, right? It depends on where you live. Right. So, it, you know, finding time like that, I literally had to take uh well, I was planning to take a day off just to do like work around the house because I can't get it all done on the weekends. Cause yeah, then you end up, what, what would you rather do on the weekend? Go do something with your family or you, you know, uh, power wash the, uh, the deck. Right. I mean, you know, you'd much yeah. rather go do something. So then the stuff just never gets done. So, Hey, we have a new, uh, new person joining the show here. Identify yourself caller. Fuck off. <laughs> It's the fart and soul of the program. No, yeah. no, no, no. You're not turning that on me. No, You're no, the no, fart no. and soul of the program. We're not doing Instagram tonight. There's technical difficulties beyond our control. Oh, all okay. right. All right, then we'll we'll move on then. I've got a whole section today of Batman news. So uh, I thought I was saving that for you to get here. But Kev, we wanted to point out that this Saturday is $3 movie ticket day for 30,000 theaters across the country do you think that the one and only theater on your island will be offering three dollar movies on saturday doubt it would it be worth three dollars to go to that theater if it was no it's it's not a terrible theater it's just a little older and a little smaller and you know it's it's not it's you know it's the theatrical experience in the minimalist sense yeah so let's let's before we finish up on that topic i say the worst part about it is if it works you're just going to be in like really super credit theaters who, you know, that's a big reason why people don't go anymore is they just want to stay home in the comfort of their home and watch it on their giant TV, like the new oh. giant TV that Kev made me buy when he was here. <laughs> when, um, when Godzilla versus King Kong came out and they're like, you needed oh, that TV. you needed that TV just for the, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you sandwich. You needed that TV, sir. Okay. With it, all due respect. And it does improve the theatrical experience in the home. And so that's the question. What it, what it just... really is improving, again, sorry to interrupt here, but what it's improving is the fact that your children will not have their vision damaged by your crappy old TV. It, well, it hurt me, and I'm an adult. I can only imagine the sort of damage being done to your children by your complete lack of a concern about the fact that that TV was so blue that it was short a tear of being crying. All right. Well, I appreciate it. It's a beautiful TV. It gives good. It, it looks wonderful. <laughs> and so that's the question. With the quality of what you can get in your home entertainment system these days, how do you decide what's worth going to the theater to see Versus what's going to stay at home. And how many people just watch like Batman on their phone? You, you know what I mean? Like, does it right. matter anymore? We watched when Godzilla vs. King Kong came out. There was a theatrical release. And also this, I think the same day it was the like at home release. My bait in our basement. Now we, we literally put like theater seating where it's like the nice, like 
pull out lounge couches. There's four of them because there's four in the house. So, you know, it's not too crowded. Hey, can we pause the movie and make some popcorn, make some snacks? Sure. It's great. And you know what? When I'm done, I can just go up in my room. I don't have to like fight through the parking lot or like worry about some guy snoring because it's my dad. I said, hey, dad, wake up. The movie's still going. Because <laughs> that was the worst experience I've ever had. Kev was there with us. We, we saw Infinity War and some dude was literally snoring like a seat to the right behind us. <laughs> and I'm trying to watch fucking Infinity War and it's got I'm like, I'm going to fucking hit this guy, but I can't hit this guy because I'm in public. Was it like a midnight show or was the guy just like it was like nine? It was like nine o'clock. Like, yeah, sure. It's a little late, I guess. Don't go to the fucking theater if you're too tired. Sorry. No. So what about you, Kev? How, how do you make the decision if if it wasn't that, that you're theater options were scarce if you were you know somewhere with a a multiplex with 30 screens how would you decide what's going to drag you out of the house to see a movie versus watching it at home i would always rather the theatrical i would always rather the theatrical experience i i do the home experience to the degree i am able to afford doing it because i love the theatrical experience so you're you're a purist. I mean, you know, you're you're like old school. You would rather. I am a hundred percent a purist. Yeah, yeah. no, and that, that makes sense. I think the problem is that the general public is getting, you know, more pressed for time, a little bit lazier when it comes to that. Right? They'd rather just stay home. It's it's easier to stay home and watch it, and it's it's also cheaper in most cases, like you were saying. So I just feel like there then there are some you know some people in Hollywood that want the old school theatrical experience to continue to exist, but it's like, it's getting pulled in the other direction. And I think that it's only a matter of time before it's fundamentally changed. You could, and maybe it already is. I I think eventually it's going to be a niche thing. Yeah. Like concerts where it's going to be, you know, limited engagement and it's going to be more expensive and so on and so forth. But I also think it will be perfected to that point where it will be worth, you know, it will be worth doing it the way that it's doing it that way. I don't know. I I hope that doesn't happen in my lifetime, but I think it probably will happen in your kid's lifetime. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, Speaking of limited engagements, they added more dates for Clerks 3. Did we talk about that already? No. Because you had said said that. All right. Well, all right. Then I've got a whole bunch of Batman news. Let's do Batman news. Um, the animated project, the Batman series animated project is not moving forward at HBO anymore. Oh, uh, really? They it got cut, but Wait, well, which, they're going to, so it, it's the, the new animated series, the Batman caped crusader. Uh huh. Um, it's not moving forward with HBO. They're going to shop it. So it's not like dead, but it's not moving forward at HBO. So somebody will probably pick that up, but then won't it be weird for a, 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 a DC hero property to be somewhere else? I mean, I guess they'll sell it and take money off it because who's going to buy it? Though is a thing. But who wouldn't buy a Batman project? It's going to be fine, especially no, especially like, an animated series. Like, what's the asking price? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't know. We'll, we'll pool our money together. H- HBO has been, I feel like, just being like anywhere I can make some money. Like I can't imagine they're going to try. They might try to sell it cheap just to get rid of it, but they cut a bunch of stuff. I feel like too. Yeah. Oh, it's it's awful. The the carnage continues at a, at HBO. Um, 
I know we're not cartoon fans, but they cut like a bunch of Cartoon Network content because they own Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people are mad about it. We talked about that a little bit last week. Um, so the Batman director, right, Matt Reeves, he's got like a uh, a multi-year deal with Warner Brothers um, and Warner Brothers Television. So hopefully that won't get lost in the carnage there. Yeah. Um, let's see. I hope it's more than just Batman. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I think there. I wouldn't mind like a Gotham TV show of some sort. That's not trash. Right. So let's see. Let's talk about some some release dates of those DC stuff. So so uh, Aquaman two date has been moved. Um, it's uh, when is it going to be? It's going to be Christmas of this year. So, 2020. Yeah, it's like him Wait. and Shazam both got pushed back to December, didn't they? My mad. No, Shazam got pushed back to like March of next year, I think. Right. Or, no, it says it says Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom December twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. So not this Christmas, next Christmas. Oh yeah, and Shazam is and Shazam is next year. Shazam is next year. So, and then the question is, Batman's probably going to be in Aquaman two. <laughs> Which Batman is it going to be? Is it going to be Keaton? Is it going to be Batfleck? So there's questions. Uh, hopefully, it's just a, a figure in a case. That way, it's just generic Batman. Now <laughs> that's probably the, the real move. You can't do Batfleck, and you can't do Bat Keaton. Because he doesn't exist anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, so it, it's interesting to see which Batman it's going to be in the, uh, and it could be, it could be more than one. It could be a fractured universe. It could, it could have uh, overlap with, uh, with the Flash movie, right? Descent into the Aquaverse. Oh, jeez. Um, let's see. Uh, there was an article that said basically Michael Keaton has never finished a Marvel or a DC movie. Like, like the, he just has to, like, bail because he's got other shit to do and they end up taking too long. I guess that means he doesn't go back for reshoots or something. Well, that's just every single, like, guy who thinks he's too too cool for school of, of like, I don't do comic films. Uh, besides the one I was in where you, I made a lot mean, of money. You mean, uh, you mean, like, Ethan Hawke who decried comic book movies and then not only did he not do a comic book movie, he did a comic book TV show. Well, he was prominently in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've never finished a Marvel DC, says the guy who was Batman and the guy who was the Vulture. <laughs> and he was Birdman. He was Birdman, yeah. It's just, it's, I, I, I don't appreciate the, the continued poo-pooing of comic films as not real films. Now, I don't think there's that many people who do it, but I don't think doing it gets you any street cred. I don't think people are like looking for the guys who don't like Marvel, like comic movies. But what do I know? Yeah. So let's see. Speaking of uh, Keaton and the the Tim Burton Batman, uh, let's see. So Danny DeVito uh, recently said that his Penguin was better than Colin Farrell's Penguin. Yes. Next question. Oh wow, you agree with that? Oh, Kevin, where do you stand on that? I mean, it's an entirely different character. I mean, it's just like it, it's night and day different. Danny DeVito probably thinks that his was better because it was a little closer to the Burgess Meredith 60s TV version um, than uh, Colin Farrell's. I think Colin Farrell's is probably, you know, a bit more realistic. Yes. My, my, I have oh, I strong think. bias because that Batman film is my favorite Batman film. 
So I have strong bias on those characters. Wait, which one? Which is your favorite Batman film? The pe- the one with the penguin and uh, uh, fucking and Catwoman, uh, Batman, Michelle Re- Pfeiffer, and Batman Returns. Yeah, Batman. Returns. The second one, so not Batman, the Tim Burton Batman, but Batman Returns. Yes, is your favorite Batman film? Yes, that's interesting. What makes it your favorite Batman film? Uh, I really like the chemistry between Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer. All right, that's your really... favorite Batman film of all of them. Yes, I'm not saying it's the best. I'm not <laughs> saying couldn't. it's the best. My you favorite. You couldn't though. say it's the best. Oh yeah, no. Listen, I'm fine with people saying it's not the best or it's not their favorite. It's just my personal favorites. I always like the chemistry Michelle Pfeiffer and Keaton had together. And yeah, there's the scene of them at the ball, and they're the only ones not wearing masks. I'm like, oh yes, cinematography. Well, and you've got that great line, right? Mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it's good. It's good. I, I, I can see that. Um, it was, and it's funny because there's there's an article here about Tim Burton saying that, uh, you know, everybody slammed Batman, Batman Returns saying, oh, it's too dark. It's very, you know, it was a dark film, uh, even darker than his first Batman. And then he's like, but look at Matt Reeves' Batman, the Batman, and how dark that is. And he's like, he's just it's just what people are ready for or what people are, what's different about things. You know, you take, you know, superheroes and comic book movies that are supposed to be light and fluffy. And then you get Batman returns, which is pretty darn dark. And you cut all the way to the Batman right now. And how, how dark that is. Yeah. Dude blew up. Spoiler. <laughs> what blew up? That dude blew up in the, the movie that he put the, uh, the, Oh, the guy that had a bunch of, uh, hand grenades like on bomb. him right and then yeah, he like just, a bomber on his neck or whatever and then he just threw him down the thing and he blows him up yeah it's it's funny when you t- think about how many people batman killed in batman and batman returns he's literally got machine guns on the front of the batmobile yes. but uh you know i don't know there's always that that old uh i don't know if it's an urban legend or not but somebody that that tim burton said i've never even read a com a batman comic and everybody said yeah you can tell no so, kidding yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, let's see. Speaking of Batman, let's stick let's stick with it there. Uh, Keanu Reeves said he wouldn't mind playing Batman in a live action movie sometime in the future. Yeah, that won't happen. It won't happen. But yeah. like, did, he'd be did, cool in a Batman film as not Batman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like Keanu. Uh, did you hear he showed up at some random couple's wedding? Like they sent him a an invitation. They didn't know him. They just sent him an invitation, and he went. It seems like the kind of person who would just do that. Yeah, uh, he's gonna be the new Bill Murray, right? Bill Murray just shows up and does whatever he yeah. wants, just to, just to mess around. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's also a uh, what, there's a John Wick uh, prequel series. It's going to be over on Peacock, but I don't think he's going to be in it. Right? It's just it's just about the hotel, right? It's called the Continental. Is it just about the hotel? Is it about a young John Wick? I don't think it's John Wick. I think it's just about the hotel in the universe about the hotel. Yeah, right. it's it's a John Wick universe. So that that's the a hotel's Peacock a cool show. concept. I always like that that concept of like a place where it's like assassins can like hang out here and like you can't kill each other while you're here. That's the rules. It's the rule, and they follow the rules. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Suddenly they follow the rules. Yeah. Well, there's honor among thieves when it comes to that. Honor among assassins. Oh, let's see. Hey, uh, you know, your favorite guy is in the news here in production, Nicolas Cage. He's not my favorite guy, nor is he. I don't have a problem with him. Uh, I thought you hated Nicolas Cage. I, thought, I don't. I thought you thought anybody. he was a bad actor. I don't What's, hate Nicolas Nick Cage. Doing? I find him amusing. What would be the thing you would think he is doing, Sandwich, if you haven't read the prep sheet? Uh, I think he's starring in a film. Yes. 
about himself fighting crime. No, we already saw that. No. That was called no. the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, and Kevin and I no. saw that together. Oh, um, no. okay. It's it's nope. it's a Con Air sequel. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's got to be. Is it an American? Uh, uh, what was it? What was that? Treasure? Whatever? Secret movie? National, National Treasure, Treasure Three. National Treasure Three. Jerry Bruckheimer confirms that the script is written. I guess that doesn't mean that Nicolas Cage is going to star in it, but there is a script. I thought they for said Treasure officially 3. he's not in it. And there, but there's a there's a National Treasure Disney Plus show, right? Right? Has oh, that's he's it? not going to be in. He's not going to be in the show, I think. But I think he might be in the movie. Uh, I'm excited for the National Treasure verse to explode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, with the conspiracy theories, you could go a long way with National oh, yeah. Treasure Three. So it's uh, it could. Uh, I wonder if it's, it's going to be more adult. Is it's, it more adult? Because, like, the first two were, like, semi-adult. But, like, I wonder if they're going to be, like, we're going to find out who assassinated JFK and the conspiracy behind it. Like, I wonder how deep they're going to go. Like, what's what's the other American conspiracies? It's funny because that, that ties in with uh, The Rock. Did you see The Rock? With, you I know, know of The With Nicolas Cage and... Uh, yeah. oh. Not That Rock. Not, I, movie, I know there's a the movie Rock. called The Rock. I don't know that was a great movie. What did Sean you think? Connery. Sean Connery in it? Yeah, Sean yeah. Connery, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. What did you think about it, Sandwich? Doesn't matter. It doesn't think. matter what you yeah. think. It's, it's a, it's a, I didn't see it. It's a different Rock. It's a different Rock. Um, but in in The Rock, the whole thing was that uh, Sean Connery's character was supposed to have been held, you know, without trial at uh, Alcatraz because he stole government secrets, and one of them was. Who really killed JFK? Like that was kind of the one of the jokes at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it was just funny that you tied that into National Treasure, another Nicolas Cage movie. There you go. You know, it, there, there was an article talking about uh, 25 years ago, basically Con Air and Face Off, these two like iconic Nicolas Cage movies that like really it it put him in a different place. Like it took him from like Vampire's Kiss and some of the you know Raising Arizona and some of these kind of strange parts into these over the top like big budget action movies. Um I don't know, just put him in a different in a different world. He could have he could have played uh Superman in the in yeah. was it who's going was who's going to direct that? Oh, I forget. Kev should know. Kev's good at these things. He's directing what? Superman the, lives. Who was going to direct the Nick Cage Superman? Tim Burton. It, that was going to be Burton, right? Man, it all ties together. Oh, the Burton verse, the Burton League. <laughs> I mean, it could have been Michael Keaton as Batman and Nicolas Cage as Superman. It would have been amazing. Maybe that's can you imagine? Oh, can they can they drag him in? Oh, I'm telling you, let's let's do it. Let's get Nicolas Cage to show up now as Superman in Aquaman two. You, the real multiverse. It's the Burton League versus the Justice League. Oh, I love it! I love it. We'll get a bunch of older actors to to play the roles of the Burton League. Uh, oh, it's gonna be great. Who who could be the Burton Wonder Woman? Mm. If you know who should be the Burton Wonder Woman, no, call the GVM line. You know who it would be? Uh, hmm. Johnny Depp's wife. What's her name? Not Amber Heard. No, not Amber Heard. The other one. Um, the one that's like in every movie would actually it's Helena Bonham Helena Bonham Carter. Carter. Helena Bonham Carter would be Wonder Woman in the Tim Burton verse for sure, and then Johnny Depp would be somebody in the Burton verse. I mean, you know, if if he's he'd be he'd be Flash. (laughs) Uh, No, maybe he would be. Yeah, I don't know. 
If who do you think, dear listener, should be in the Burton verse? Fill out your uh, dance card with all of the characters that you think and who should play them uh, by calling the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or you can send us an email. What? Or you could send us an email. Oh, it, there's a bit of lag. <laughs> Geeksoftng at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, let's see. In I other, wasn't waiting. I heard you. I was just waiting for the thing to catch up. In other, in other uh, production and casting news, they're working on a Ferris Bueller's Day Off spinoff. Now, I mean, rumor has it that they've been working on that for a million years. Like, they've yeah, always no, wanted to do. It's, it's just dumb. Is it going to be real? Are they going to finish it? Is this Ferris Bueller a... goes to work. I mean, yeah. Is this going to be... Is this just another one of those rumors and they're not really going to do it? Of course. I don't think they're going to do it. Oh, look at this. It says, a spinoff of 1986 John Hughes film. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is in the works at Paramount, titled Sam and Victor's Day Off, from Cobra Kai creators, uh, what, um, John Hurwitz, Hayden Sloshberg, and John Held. Uh, Bill Posley is set to write the film. Uh, Sam and Victor's Day Off will follow the same-day adventure of the titular valets who took the Ferrari on a joyride in a Matthew Broderick's, uh, in the Matthew Broderick picture. So it's not a sequel. It's a spinoff. It's a, it's just going to be what those two guys did while they had the Ferrari all day. So that's different, and that's not what I thought that it was. And I am much less excited that's about that. That's stupid. And a and B, it will never happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's just dumb. I mean, everybody wanted to see Ferris Bueller as an adult with a job and taking another day off, like you know, playing hooky from his work. That's what everybody wanted. Ferris Bueller's next day off. I don't think anybody wants. The Adventures of Sam and Vic, or whatever. Yeah. Let's see. They're going to reboot Ocean's Eleven. Do we need? Do we need? I mean, Ocean's Eleven what? was a reboot, right? It was a remake. What's the difference? A reboot is usually, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess a remake would be a one-off and a reboot would be the series, but there was only one original one. Right. That was only Ocean's Eleven. So it was a was remake, pack, right? It was a remake, but now if they're rebooting it, they're intending to do more than one, would be my guess. Right. So Ryan Gosling is in talks to join Margot Robbie in an Ocean's Eleven reboot. But it's like, why? I mean, I guess if you can't, if you're done with, uh, I mean, they moved on, right, to the to the women, right? So they did like Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, and then it was Ocean's Eight with the the female stars, right? And now they're going to re- just start up again, like act like that didn't happen, create a new ocean character and start over. Why Why don't you just make a heist picture and not make it Ocean's Eleven? I don't get it. Why does it need to be Ocean's Eleven? Because it'll sell because it's ocean. I mean, that's that's got to be the fact, right? Just the fact that it's an ocean's picture will give it a better shot to be a successful heist picture than if it was just original content is that right yes i think that sucks i think that's correct yeah oh boy uh let's see moving on let's talk about celebrities uh and Hayes died right in a fiery car crash did you guys no. see that's what she, she didn't die she in died the fiery. A, a week later yeah she died a week later after the fiery car crash 
Do you know who Anne Heche is? Sandwich. I know she had voiced some things that I was familiar with. I'm not full. I'm not aware of her full body of work, but I did look into her filmography. I do. I did know some of the products. I don't know her like, like her face that well. And Kev, where do you know NH from? Um, another world. That is it. My mother's favorite soap opera that I had to watch when I came home from school because that was the first thing that happened when she came home was she popped in the VCR and watched Another World and Anne Hage got her start our, there. And Days of Our Lives. Yeah. But she was on Another World. Yeah, Another World is the one. Um, and then, let's see, after that, she was Ellen DeGeneres' girlfriend and or wife. I think just girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think they got hit. And also uh, Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford. Um... Uh, Donnie Brasco. She played Johnny Depp's wife in Donnie Brasco. Hmm. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Hmm. Some other things. Yeah, I think I was done after Six Days, Seven Nights. Like, I remember that one, and then I don't... I, I couldn't think of another film project that she'd been in. It's like, she kind of... She did her soaps. She did a movie or two. Then, you know, she was, you know, linked with Ellen DeGeneres, and then that was kind of it. Like, you didn't really hear much about her. I don't remember hearing much about her after that. So... Anyway, good night, Anne Hache, wherever you are. Uh, let's see. What else can we do in the news? God, there's so many stories. So many news stories. So, She-Hulk, let's go over to the streamers. Uh, She-Hulk still under embargo, episodes one and two. Kev, have you watched both episodes? Yes. All right. You want to give it a thumbs up, thumbs down without any commentary, or do you want to just wait and talk about it later? Well, I, I think uh, we can talk about the first one, right? Yeah, I mean, by the time this comes out, there will only be episodes one and two. Episode three won't come out until after. But if you want to talk about the first episode, I'm okay with that. Um, well, the first episode uh, I thought was really fast. And there wasn't, I mean, I felt like they sort of crammed the origin into like half an hour, whatever it was. Which I don't think is necessarily a bad idea because let's be honest, they retconned the Hulk's origin into the credits <laughs> in the credits of the Ed Norton movie. So I mean, I can't say is that it is a bad thing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think the jury's got to still be out. No pun intended. She Hulk attorney at law. Uh, I think the jury's still out on uh, on it. I mean, I haven't hated it, but I I don't I don't love it either. So I think I think they're nailing the Byrne version of the character. Um, John Byrne's book about She Hulk a thousand years ago. I feel like this is kind of running along that seam. Um, so I, I feel like that's the, that may be the best that one can say about it at this point. All right. I felt like, you know, speaking of the origin, so when we talked about this a little bit last week too, like in, in the comics, it was, she got horribly injured and a blood transfusion was the only option. Right, yeah, shot. Like, 
She got shot. Okay. So, but th- that was the reason why she gets Bruce's blood. Yeah. So, but I was talking, we were talking a lot last week about this, Kev, when you, when you weren't here. So at this point in this, in the MCU version, like a drop of Bruce Banner's blood could kill you because you die of gamma poisoning. There's that much gamma radiation in his blood. Is that, is that what I'm led to believe? That's kind of what it seems like is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I if that's- you go based off of that and then the Hulk, the uh, Incredible Hulk uh, movie that came out a decade and a half ago, they were like, oh, that one drop of blood almost killed that guy. That was Stanley's cameo, right? Yeah. Um, so, so then what we're talking about is so what it really means is that Bruce and Jennifer uh, are technically mutants with the ability to uh, process gamma radiation. Like, you know, just like not anybody that got hit by the gamma bomb would have turned into the Incredible Hulk, only Bruce, because he had a special, something special about his genetics, just like anybody else would have gotten Bruce's blood and would have died, but Jen turns into the Hulk. So it's only certain people that have a genetic predisposition to be Hulks. That could be correct. I mean, you know, but it's inter- I just think that it's it's an interesting concept, and because and, and, I think we talked about it last week a little bit, just like in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, that was just a genetically modified spider that bit him. So therefore, anybody that it bit should have turned into a Spider-Man. Which yeah, is well, what, what, if, what, what if it didn't bite anyone else? Right, but that's what I'm saying. But that's problematic, right? You need to make it so it's a unique event. Only the radioactive spider that then bit Peter Parker and then died. So there won't be multiple Spider-Man. But they could genetically modify as many of those spiders as they want, and then everybody that those spiders bite gets spider powers. That doesn't make sense. So, again, I thought that was a flaw in the writing, unless you're then saying, oh, it, anybody else that it would have bitten just would have gotten hurt. But Peter Parker has some genetic predisposition, which, in, in theory, can be tied to mutants. You know, they have the X gene, but it needs to be activated like pterogen crystals activate in, in humans, you know, because they did that in Ms. Marvel. You know, spoiler right. for Ms. Marvel, right? So, it is. What's, what's funny is there's... Um... There's an Easter egg about the X-Men in episode two of She-Hulk. I'm not going to say anything because in theory, it's a spoiler in theory, but there is a dead like, hey, we're definitely saying this exists (laughs) in She-Hulk. I'm not going to say what because I don't want to be spoilery. Yeah, we can talk about that next Spoilery. But yeah, in the second episode, you said the first episode seemed to be go by fast. Second episode went by fast too. So it's oh, yeah. you know it's like a, it's a sitcom. It's half hour, quick, quick hits. I did like um, I like seeing Tim Roth again. I just like seeing Tim Roth in general. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to it in the coming weeks. Any any last comments on She Hulk before we move on to the Star Wars universe? No. What do you got? Uh, let's see. So John Boyega is. Uh... What's he mad about now? <laughs> is he apologizing? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, again, he's commenting on uh, on how Disney uh, reacted to the racism claims on uh, you know the Inquisitor woman. In, uh, but that they should have done more, or like he didn't like. Let's see here. Like, what was he saying? Like, in theory. Uh, 
He, he's, he, he's saying that he's not like bitter about the racism that he went to. Let's see. Let's see here. So yeah, he was he was happy about it that that, that they stepped up to protect Moses Ingram. That was that's her name, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes him feel better. Like maybe they're getting better at uh, protecting their stars from the racism or, or standing up for them and not accepting it from you the fans. So that's good. But he's done with Star Wars. He's not going to be returning to the Star Wars universe. So I don't know that anybody expected him to. Um, <laughs> let's see. We're working on season three of uh, Mandalorian. It's going to be uh, Mando's shot at redemption. What else? Uh, Rogue One is going to get a re-release with extra footage from Andor in IMAX. Are you going to have to fly to the States to see that, Kev? I guess you're in the States to fly Uh, to the mainland. To see Andor, what, in the theater? No, no. An IMAX re-release of Rogue One with extra footage from Andor in IMAX. Oh. Uh, Adding Andor clips into Rogue One? When is it coming? Um, I don't know. Let's take a look. So it actually just happened, and it wasn't new clips from Andor added to Rogue One. It's just like a sneak peek. So you can go watch... Are you, you, it looks like it was on the 26th, so it was uh, this week, this, this past weekend. You could have watched the movie re-released in IMAX, and then you would have gotten, uh, you know, probably what we saw at uh, at Celebration paired with it in in the IMAX theaters. So nothing that, no, not really a big story there. Let's see here. Uh, looks like that other series uh, was supposed to be a little bit more about a certain character and Luke Skywalker. Um, but then they changed that, and uh, when asked if he wanted to join the MCU, Mr. Ewan McGregor said no, he's just, uh, he's uh, all Star Wars all the time, he doesn't need to be in the MCU. Yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, what, he was black, I can, he was I can see, mask I can see why he wouldn't, I can see why he wouldn't want to be drafted into both. You know, I, it, it could get a little problematic, I, I can see that. I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't you just want to work? <laughs> the guy doesn't need to work, dude. I guess that's true. I mean, yeah, what? You gave him 300 bucks for his autograph, right? And how many how many autographs did he do that day? I don't know. Hundreds. The guy doesn't need to work. It's not about, you know, I don't think it's about his need to work. You know, I think it's just about. You, you, you know, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe he doesn't want to work so much. Guy's got like four kids now. He just had another one. You know, he and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think, who are now married, they just had a son, I'm pretty sure. And I think he already has three kids. So maybe he'd like to do less work and spend time with his children. And you know, being in a Marvel anything doesn't mean less work. <laughs> Get to yeah. relax now that you're in Marvel. Marvel's, uh, they're getting a lot of shit for, like, just driving their uh, CGI folks, like, to the brink, right? Oh, yeah. I need more CGI. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> Get me pictures of Spider-Man in CGI. Uh, speaking of CGI, uh, the, the, okay, now I'm looking at the article. Do you remember what the CGI technique for The Mandalorian is called? We argue about it every time, but now it's like actually in the article. Volume. The volume. Uh, this article is is not liking it. It said basically it all looks the same. It doesn't look as good as 
like practical locations and so i guess they're getting sick of everything looking the same like kind of muted tones that, from the volume i don't know about that i felt like i when i watched uh kenobi hello there uh and the mandalorian and the book of boba fett i don't have any problems with the way that it looks and i don't like notice that oh this is on some on the volume set i i feel like it looks good do you guys have any issues I, I, with it i think the best part about the volume is you can save money that they would spend shipping everything to somewhere with a desert tunisia yeah and instead they can shoot it at some some giant warehouse in california and spend the money on other things like cgi that matters like you know cool lightsaber fights and cool aliens and cool spaceships and cool like you can spend the money elsewhere so which is important you know what on that subject bouncing back to she-hulk how do you feel about the cgi now now that you've seen the completed episode versus the teaser trailer um, i mean listen i you can't expect a fully cgi character like it's not like she's like a little cgi constantly cgi so i mean it's hard to really expect her to be like wow she looks so realistic wow she looks like this i think she looks fine i mean you know i don't know what people expect like do you want her to look like she's actually like sitting there in front of everyone like do you i don't know what they want um i think it looks fine i think I, I i appreciate the fact that they had to cut corners a little bit where they're like oh when she morphs like sometimes it's like when she goes back and forth sometimes it's off screen so you can just see like oh she just generally shrinks <laughs> like you don't have to see like everything go through it um like old school animation style right where yeah. like the camera stays in one place and you hear the crash off screen so they don't have to animate that right yeah saving money um no but like it's fine um you know i i like i think the hulk looks good like i i appreciate the way that he looks i think she looks fine it's you know it's it's hard to do a show that's completely the character's completely cgi and everything else isn't because then you have to really like work on it i mean, yeah, so, I guess I mean we... it's fine it's i'm it depends on how abomination looks i remember some clips but i don't want to like look at it again but like i gotta see how like more cgi looks you know if we have like you know how this budget is which i think is part of the reason also i can't talk about it never mind i'm not going to talk about episode two because <laughs> i was going to relate something but i can't we'll so catch it next week uh we'll catch it next week <laughs> kev any any comments on the cgi i guess not kev's not here anymore um i mean on. it's cgi you know, it, it's it's always going to look, you know, like CGI. I mean, I don't understand what people are expecting when they look at the when they look at the Banner Hulk, the Smart Hulk. Do they, go, you know, are they are they seeing, you know, are they not seeing CGI? But now they are seeing CGI because when I look at both of them, I see CGI. It's just something you have to accept at this point. I, so you know, the only thing that got me was the movements seemed a little like sometimes like like cgi i guess yeah like but like well, when 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 other characters i mean again like in a movie though the cgi character may be only be on the screen for a minute or two not like sandwich was saying like a half hour straight right so i i mean i get it yeah, but like but you, when she's doing like the yoga poses and stuff and she's balancing everything she's moving too quickly so it's almost as if there's no weight to it, like it's not real, like it's computer generated. That, and that's my point, is like she doesn't have the 
the movements don't feel or appear as realistic as I would expect out of, you know, a production like this. Like, you know, if she's just, when she's just walking across the room, she doesn't appear to have the physicality, the weight of a being that would be seven feet tall stomping across a room. That's all. So it, it, it's, it's slightly distracting. It takes me out of it because she doesn't move in a natural the, the, way. The windows shake when she walks down. No, I mean, the not like that, but just, yeah, it's just, she's, she's moving too quickly and too light. It's, it's as if she's a ghost. Like there's no, there's nothing to her because she's not really there. So I get it, but it's a little distracting to me sometimes. That would be my opinion there. It's not, I mean, it's not that, it's not terrible, but. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to Netflix. Uh, we saved this one for you, Kev. Did you watch The Sandman yet? I'm, too, I think I'm on episode four. All right. How do you feel so far? I like it. I like it very much. I think it's very well done. And there's a lot of things in there that I, I'm pleasantly surprised with. And there's a lot of things, not a lot, but there's a few things there that I'm like, okay, that doesn't really work. But, uh, and one of those is Patton Oswalt. Doesn't work. You don't like Patton Oswalt in there. No. no. I mean, I don't think is that character in the comic book. Yes, but not. I don't. I never viewed that character as such. Like you as know, comic I, relief, I don't, it just doesn't. The the voice just doesn't. I don't. Again, this could be a head cannon issue. Maybe I've always thought of it a different way, and therefore this is so drastically off point from my head cannon that. It's disturbing. I don't know if that's it or simply it just doesn't work. If I had no familiarity with this, I probably would still think it doesn't work. You know, it's so jarringly out of tone from the rest of the program that it almost takes me out of it too much. I mean, that, that makes sense. Uh, sandwich did you watch it i didn't get to watch any of it yet I, i've been meeting too but i just haven't gotten around to it all right uh, yeah. I, I i heard good things i heard people liked it a lot so kev i mean you, you've read the comic you're familiar with the character you're you know you, you know this you know and like this character right i do yeah okay no i, I mean I, I just the comment that i have because i finished the the series and i think i think that it looked beautiful right? It, it looks really good. Um, the story is an interesting story, but the character of the Sandman is the least interesting thing about it. And I think that that's on purpose, but I just kind of want to make sure that maybe I'm not misinterpreting anything. Like, he's very, and I think uh, Vicious Smith commented on this in the uh, on the Discord, that he's a god. He's supposed to be aloof and out of touch with all these other beings, um, including humans and, and everybody else that he's interacting with. But it was kind of like, it felt like the Sandman's only purpose was to just, you know, be emo and look like uh, the lead singer for The Cure. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so, so Kev, I know, I mean, this is probably just the first graphic novel or whatever. Like, there's more stories with, uh, with Morpheus, with Dream, right? Not than, than just this this specific story, right? He has more comics than just that uh-huh so does he i mean is is the point of this that he is learning that he needs to be a little more 
Um, like I don't know. I I don't know that we. I, I don't know that I want to say that because what I'm hoping I'm kind of hoping what this series does is inspire people to read those books. So I I you know I I would hesitate to say you know sort of directly what happens with the character in the books and i would rather people seek the books out to find out if they enjoy this what they also may find out is that they enjoy neil gaiman as a writer for novels as well and then they'll really really open Mm -hmm. up uh, themselves into a really really interesting world i'm a huge fan of neil and uh and i'm not a gothy uh late teens early 20 something girl (laughs) so which means that sort of perception that that's his audience or you know or or male goth people as well but i I, i'm certainly his audience i'm a huge fan and uh i i would rather leave that description to uh what neil has written in the books about that character and most of his other characters as well all right so again i would say this again having finished it although i didn't see there was a, a bonus episode that they dropped just kind of randomly that nobody knew about that had Sandra Oh, Michael Shannon, James McAvoy, David Tennant, and Derek Jacoby. So it's like, it sounds like a lot of really big actors. I got to watch that bonus episode. I haven't had time to see that. But, um, but again, all of the characters and the stories are extremely imaginative and interesting. And, and it, it is a good 10 episode arc. But like I said, the character of, Morpheus or Dream seem to be the least interesting part of the whole story. It all revolves around him, but he he's just there for them to, uh, I don't know, for them to interact to to react around, and he doesn't seem to react to them. He just kind of exists. But again, and maybe it's just maybe I'm not understanding the character. That's why I'm interested in you know your your take on the character. Well, I'm not sure what you're asking. I just, I mean, is it just me or does he seem like the least interesting part of the story? Everything else that happens is very interesting. He doesn't do very much. He just is kind of there for all the stuff to happen around. Did you finish it? Yes. And, And you sort of, that was sort of your conclusion of it, that everything sort of happens around him? Except for the, except for the one episode with Lucifer he doesn't really do very much. And even in that one, he doesn't really do very much. I'm not sure what it is that you expect him to do. You know, if, if, he, is, if he is the center of the story and the elements of the story are moving around him, you know, I understand that may, that may not be a style that you're used to because usually a main character is the one who is circulating the events and the events are not circulating around him, but it's just a different style of storytelling. That's all it's, it's almost, I mean, in this case, it's not strictly an observer role. Like, did you ever read kingdom come? Yes. Okay. So in the sense that the old man in kingdom come, Mm -hmm. you know, was a witness to all those things. It's, it's almost like, the, no, not Kingdom Come. I have that wrong. It's Marvels. That's what I meant. Okay, then I haven't read Marvels. 
Is it Marvels now or is it Kingdom? No, it's Marvels. It's Marvels. Um, the point, regardless of which book it is, the point is, is that it's just another, uh, it's just another way of telling a story, in my opinion. It's different than having Captain America as the center of the movie and he uh, sort of, you know, he revolves with all of the elements of the story and he, you know, he dictates their direction by his actions and so on. This is just, this is just the events are swirling around this character and it's how the character interacts and affects the spin of those events. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I mean, as far as I'm not doing very much, I, I didn't, I didn't take that conclusion away from it or the book you know there's also the fact that it doesn't need to do very much you know it's not overly complex you know in a sense it's not an overly complex story it has complex characters but i think the arc is not overly complex yeah i mean again i think it, it, you're what you're saying makes sense to me that and it helped to hear you say it that it's it's just kind of the the story the way that it is told is not the same, you know, it's a different kind and that's not good or bad. And it just, it was something that I noticed and, and it just kind of stood out to me again. I, I did, I enjoyed it and, and there's a, a lot to it. So, uh, and again, but the, the characters, all of this cast of characters in it, they're all super interesting and a lot of, a lot of fun. And, and I really enjoyed some of them, but we'll, we'll save that maybe for another time. Once you finish talking, watching it so we can discuss it. Fair. All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we take this to break and then come back in the second half of the show and keep going? We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG episode six hundred and ninety three. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, to a break, the way we end some segments by saying, "We'll be right back." After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners, just wanted to let you know. Although we love bringing you amazing and wonderful and hysterical content, we are going to take the next week off for Labor Day. And we'll return the following week with brand new, exciting, and hysterical content. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh! <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself. Oh, 
on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. Hey, this is Adam West from uh, Batman and Family Guy and a few other things. Who is it this time, Commissioner Joker, Egghead, Riddler, King Tut? And you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Come on, Robin, to the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. Stuff TNG. Live from the sandwich shop, Party Productions in sunny Southern California and Big Hefuna Studios. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're in from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The lasers and cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get what 18 scale. Hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four 
full color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. All right. Love that live read. Always the uh, best part of the show. The sandwich. I've been getting better every week. Yeah. It's, it's just week after week. You just keep getting better and Consistency better. is key. Keeps getting better every it single really time. It really does. It really does sound consistent. You know, I've really almost... got the cadence down. And yeah, like, really. No, it's, it's a work of art, you know. Do you even remember the person you were when that was recorded? <laughs> like 30 pounds of hair ago. <laughs> Only, <laughs> only thirty. I, I swear to God, if you don't get a mankind mask and a white button-up shirt and some brown tights for Halloween, I'll kill you myself. <laughs> I was saying I need to break out the uh, the mankind uh, bumper pretty soon. He's getting there. Yeah, you can get the mankind like Matt. You probably get it online for like ten dollars, like Amazon. How on earth you're not going as him for Halloween, I don't get. It's 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 brown. Get some brown sweatpants. Get an old white dress-up shirt. Go get one from Goodwill or Salvation Army that, that fits you. I think he has, does he have a little tie on when he's the corporate guy? Get a Might. sock. Do a little socko. <laughs> and you're done. It's like it's like it's the world's easiest Halloween costume for you. <laughs> that does sound cool. See, then the thing is, you have to run into the other. You have to run into a cactus jack and a brother love somewhere. Were those characters ever in the same room at the same time? Uh, no, but they all showed up at the same WrestleMania. <laughs> it, it was like uh, no, old... it was it was um it, not WrestleMania. It was um Royal Rumble. First came out, I think it was like Cactus Jack, and then it was Dude Love, and then it was. And then it was um, mankind. So it's like a uh, sitcom where like somebody's on a date with two different people in two different parts of the same restaurant, or like it's like uh, oh, what is it, um, Mrs. Doubtfire, where he had to keep going in the bathroom and changing his outfit because he was in the two different places. So that's what happens with mankind at uh, the Royal Rumble. The Royal, yeah, the Royal Rumble. He got thrown out. He he came out as Cactus Jack, uh, or whatever it was. Whatever the combination of who came out first. I think first. Cactus Jack was last. Was Cactus Jack last? I think Mankind was first. And then it was... I think dude, it was... Dude Love? Dude Love and then Cactus... I think Cactus Jack finished that one up. He might have. No, what's... what's oh, yeah, the... so, so he gets thrown out. So the, the thing is, if you get thrown over the top rope and you hit the floor, you're out. So essentially, he had three lives. <laughs> he lost all of them. <laughs> one up. <'Cause> <laughs> He'd go to the back. He'd come out like five rounds late, five like people later, and then it's like, oh, now it's this one, <laughs> and then he gets thrown out again, and then he would come back. Now, in the great. in the universe of WWE, yes, are those supposed to be three completely different people? Like, like nobody knows that it's all the same wrestler behind them, or is it just? I mean, or what? 
I think it's just like an alter. No, I think we know it's all McFoley. It's all McFoley, and no, and everybody knows that, and it's okay. It's not yeah three different yeah. people that are never it, in the it's, same room it's, together. It's like when a superhero just like wears a different outfit for the, where it's like Batman is wearing like he, I'm not Batman today. I'm the 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 darkness, or I know it's not a real thing, but you know what I mean. All right. It's like we all know it's Batman, but it's just different. Like he's just wearing a different outfit today. Like uh, Red Robin, it, you know, yeah. was Nightwing, right? And he changed his yeah. name to Red Wa- yeah. Red Robin. Yum. All right. Well, uh, let's see. We can do that. We can. Geek stuff. Comic news. Smell that? That's the smell of new comic books. Since you brought up comic books, uh, so do you know who Photon is, Kev? Who's Photon? Who is Photon? Yes. I have no idea who Photon is. Is Photon supposed to be um, Monica Rambeau, whatever her name is? Yeah, it's Monica Rambeau. It's it's Captain Marvel, the the other Captain okay. Marvel, right? And her her current name is Photon. So she's going to get her own uh, limited series, solo series, where she's going to be, uh, you know, fighting some cosmic. Because she, she's like one of the most powerful people in the Marvel universe right now. And so she's going to be fighting some cosmic uh, bad guy and family drama, it says. So, coming soon Ooh. to Marvel Comics near you. Exciting. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Jumping with joy. Um, oh, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Let's see here. We've got sound for everything. eBay alert. eBay alert. eBay alert. <laughs> Old school, old school. I haven't heard of that one in a while. Uh, a sealed VHS copy of Back to the Future sold at auction for how much, Kev? $12,000. Oh. Sandwich, what's your guess? Oh, I'm going to highball this. I'm going to say $100,000. Oh, Price is Right rules. Kev wins with 12000 okay. but the actual answer, $75,000. For a uh, sealed VHS copy that was my next of guess. Back to the Future. Dang it. So, now Kev can get the the fucking uh the the both the treadmill and the microwave. <laughs> That's right. Kev gets both and showcases. It, no, you have to be I'm within a thousand dollars. And I'm going to Acapulco, <laughs> and I get a brand new Chrysler Cordova. Oh, what a Cordova! We Man. had that was our car. My it was a 1978 Chrysler Cordova with rinse rit. What is it? Rich Corinthian leather. It was the biggest Rich Corinthian. Corinthian is it Corinthian that wasn't court? Isn't that the planet from Star Wars that got blown up? Well, Corinthian. Rich Corinthian leather. Yeah. So, sandwich. I will give you five dollars if you can tell me who was the pitch man for the Chrysler Cordoba. Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I'd give myself a hundred dollars if because I, I would have pulled it from, from now, heaven. Would it? Would it help? If he was in a Star Trek movie, does that help at all? No, I, I no. don't know. Star How about Wars. if I said he was in the second Star Trek movie? In the second what? He's the second Star Trek movie, like of the original, you know, the it, old school. Is he Khan? He is Khan. So now, can you tell me the actor who played Khan? Who played Khan? You can't even do that Khan. without looking it up, can you? Was it the guy no. who played uh, Bill and Kill Bill? I don't know. No. no. It was the guy who played Khan. In Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Mr. Oh. Ricardo Montalban. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we had the Chrysler Cordoba, and it was a total limit. Like, we, we, in my whole life, 
my family never had so much trouble with a vehicle than that Chrysler Cordoba. And it was my, it was a just giant boat. It was like burgundy red. I don't know my, why my mom chose that color with like white leather interior. It was awful. It was an awful car. So I have uh, flashbacks to that. Anyway, um, what were you saying about the the uh, the showcase there, Kev? Uh, I was just saying that I I was I said that I won both showcases, but that's in error. <laughs> you did that's right because you have to be within a thousand dollars to win both showcases, Some, right? Something like that, right? I just saw, I, I'm distracted because I just saw a poster for Cobra Kai. Uh, season four, five. I've, sorry, yeah, I think the trailer came out or is coming out. Yeah, I'm. I've only seen season one, so tell me what's going on in season. season I don't. Want, five. I'm not telling you because you're gonna, all the surprise. It's five. All the surprises you've missed. You really should. I'll tell them what happens. Karate is the biggest thing in the valley. Everybody in the valley loves karate, no matter that's who you everyone, are. That's if you show up to the valley, you know you either know karate or are learning karate. All I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care how old you are. Karate is your is life. True. The football team, what a bunch of nerds! They don't know karate. <laughs> bunch of losers. They can't do a kickflip off a person's face. The kids at Cobra Kai, they can. There, that's the entirety of seasons one through four. Now you can watch season five. <laughs> so but they're running out of content. Like I'm wondering well, for, for Cobra Kai, like what, what what's left? Like do we really like what's after season five? Like is there, they haven't. This isn't the final season, from what I'm hearing. So like, well, I'm you, hoping for the uh, I'm hoping for the appearance. Whoever the next Karate Kid was, what that? What the heck was her name? What was her name? Her name was. Uh, her name was wasn't it Hillary Swank? No, the character. Oh, I don't care about the character. It's just Academy Award, Academy yeah. Award winner Hillary Swank turning up on a Karate Kid TV show. I think would be the funniest. Did she win? Did she win like two or three Academy Awards? I feel I like so. it's at least two. Yeah, she for like boys don't cry was and then boys don't and, cry and, and million dollar baby right million dollar baby I think she won for both of them I think she was nominated possibly for even another one I don't know somebody looked that up but the point is is that I think it would be awesome if 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 she was if if they got her even to do a cameo I think that would be great I mean they got Elizabeth Shue she never won anything uh, she was nominated for an Academy Award but she never won. And uh, I mean, I honestly think that would that would be amazing if they got her to show up. And what about Jaden Smith? Right? No, that's not the karate. That's kid. That, that's, that's 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 first of all that's, universe. Yeah, first of all, it's not even karate what they're doing. It's like <laughs> it's like kung fu. I why it is kung fu. They didn't call it the kung fu kid. The kung yeah. fu kid. That'd be a good no, movie. it could. It could a day it just said it's the Kung Fu Kid, like a Karate Kid spinoff. No one had a problem with it. They called it the Karate Kid, and he learned Kung Fu in China from Jackie Chan. I mean, honestly, it would be—it's culturally embarrassing 
that they were so desperate to capitalize on the Karate Kid movies that they completely ignored the fact that it had nothing to do with Japan or karate and that Jackie Chan is Chinese. Yeah. You know, whatever he is. And the point is, it's just, it's embarrassing. I think it was an embarrassment of a movie, honestly. I certainly don't see it. They're not even learning karate. He's learning kung fu. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Embarrassing. They should have been, whoever made that movie should be embarrassed as hell about it. They were embarrassed about it all the way to the bank. Um, (laughs) It didn't do that well. I mean, uh, you're, I, you're probably right. Um, All right, let's get back to Back to the Future. You know how I know it didn't do that well? Because there wasn't a Karate Kid There wasn't a Karate Kung Fu Kid 2. All right, so... Karate Kung Fu Fu Kid Taekwondo. Taekwondo 2. All right, so Back to the Future, the musical teases a transfer to Broadway. So the Back to the Future musical has been playing in London, right, Kev? Yes, I believe so. And so they may be coming to a theater near you. Kev, uh, I mean, Sandwich, you're close enough. You're going to go get some tickets to see uh, the Back to the Future musical? I, I can't imagine it's going to be cheap. <laughs> like, it's cool. I'd like to see it, but I can't imagine it's going to be cheap. I also despise oh. New York. <laughs> so... The more time I'm away from New York, the happier I am. Kev, what about you? I mean, I'd probably see it just for the novelty of it. You know? I mean... What if it's going to be Hamilton pricing? Yeah. There's been some some good... I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know how good they are. Like, the musicals that have come from movies like that. Like, so how was the Heathers musical? I haven't seen that. I loved the movie Heathers. I wonder if the musical's any good. Like... Like Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Yeah, that was like one of the biggest failures in the history of Broadway, right? Shrek. Yep. Shrek isn't a terrible musical. It's just not a good one. It did good, though, from what I heard. I heard like, everyone loves it. But it, but Shrek Kid. is more like a kid's, right? Like that's yeah. more targeted at kids, right? I don't know. I mean, was, was Spider-Man <laughs> targeted for kids? Right, and then the reverse, Cats, the Broadway success became a horrible film <laughs> the inverse i think i don't know a single person who watched that film a and b a single person who did happen to watch it that one soul and enjoyed it <laughs> so i saw cats on broadway and it was excellent no i yes. have not brought myself to watch the movie you know i saw this hypnotist on broadway and i loved it it was better than cats i'd go see it again and again <laughs> um Let's see. There's also a fan theory from probably Reddit about Uncle Jailbird Joey from Back to the Future. I'm just getting my Back to the Future stories off the off the prep sheet here, if you can't tell. Um, and it was that the mom who left him in his crib, basically that was the, uh, he just got used to being in the crib. Remember she said, oh, he just cries and cries whenever we take him out of the crib. And Marty says, get used to these bars, kid. And so, yeah, it was like that was the self-fulfilling prophecy that he just liked being left alone. And <laughs> went to a life of crime so he could just stay in jail and not get his parole. So that's the fan theory behind <laughs> Uncle Jailbird Joey. There's going to be Wait, a spinoff, what? Uncle Jailbird what? Joey, Back to the Future. Who who doesn't recognize that as exactly the reasoning he makes that comment? 
<laughs> like who? What's the theory there? Did I miss the theory part in what you said? No, that's it. That that just him getting left in the crib is what made him want to be behind bars his whole life. There is not. There is no. I mean, I don't think there's anything. It's like, I don't think there's any deep insight there. Somebody just put it on Reddit and it got picked up by the media. I, I saw that movie in. I don't. Every single time I've seen that movie, the first thing I think of with that line is that it's nearly that very thing. What I want to know is who doesn't think that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. That's just fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's move on to physical media. Uh, there's going to be a, a new book called "Madly Deeply: The Diaries of Alan Rickman" coming out in October. Did it? Did it? Did it hit hard when Alan Rickman died for you? It did. It did it, for Brittany. It hit my, my wife. Hard. It hit my wife hard. She was really sad when Alan Rickman died. It hit sandwich hard. I, I mean, so. It, yeah. it, it, hit, it hit me as I mean, hard jokes, as... I mean, jokes aside, I mean, I was sad, but I wasn't like, you know... I was sad, too. Fan. I was sad, too, because I knew that we were never getting that Galaxy Quest sequel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it hit but me as hard as when Hans Gruber else. hit the ground at the bottom of the Nakatomi Towers, but that's okay. <sighs> Nakatomi. Yeah. Yippee-ki-yay. Motherfucker. Okay. So, yeah, Alan Rickman's Diary, uh, if you want to get that book, if you're into reading. Uh, I guess the best part about it is when you read it, you can, like, in your voice, you can hear it in his, in, in, your, in your head, you can hear it in his voice as you're reading his Ten diary. points so, to Gryffindor. So, is it someone has just published his actual diary? I mean, it, it's the diaries of Alan Rickman. Yeah. I don't like that. Did he wish these things to be published? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it, it says, Dear Diary. Had a mig- no, it says, let's see. Henry Holt Publishers announced it will be releasing Madly Deeply, The Diaries of Alan Rickman, a collection of Rickman's handwritten diaries on October 18th. He the wrote the, the diaries say, with the Dear. intention. <laughs> does it say approved by the Rickman estate? It does. It says Rickman wrote his diaries with the intention of future publication, and by the time of his death, they total 27 volumes. Now it's condensed to a single volume. But so, yeah, he did intend on them to be published. So, okay. So, yes, we're not, we're not taking advantage of a dead Alan Rickman. Uh, let's see. Over in the 4K news, uh, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, 30th anniversary Blu-ray and DVD release. Sandwich, have you ever I seen Fern Gully? I think I have. I have to look at it for a minute. I have, to, I have to will it because I feel like I've heard of Fern, Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Fern Gully. Now, Fern Gully is basically the same story as Pocahontas, which is the same story as Avatar, right? It's it's, oh, it's the same yeah, story, right? It's, 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 yeah, one, it's one element of Avatar. Pocahontas is one element. Fern Gully is another element. They're the dumb elements. bat thing always fucking avatar is just derivative of all of them yes okay and i think the most interesting thing to me about fern gully which i've never seen is that the male voice lead and the female voice lead are the two leads from pump up the volume christian slater and then the other girl i can't remember her name 
So that was always the interesting bit of trivia to me, is that the two of them were actually the two voice characters from Ferngully. Who played the bat? Sandwich. Was that Robin Williams? Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Also, Return of the Living Dead is getting a 4K Ultra HD release from Scream Factory as well. So, you know, if you, need, if you need that. Exciting. I don't know. Do we have any product? Is there any product lately? Uh, we had a product last week. You say like they're like like we have no product. Well, no, I mean that was that was some books, but I mean, is there any like toys products? Uh, Kev, we'll next week we'll have some next week. All right. Yeah. How many boxes have you picked up at the at, at the archive this uh, this month, sandwich? Um, this month none. How many are waiting for me? I don't know. Yeah, they're waiting for you. You're you're fully aware. Don't act like you don't know. I don't know the count. Is what I just said. A hundred. If the guy buying them decided yet, to so. put his keep his wallet in his fucking pocket, I didn't. I didn't get any phone calls yet, so it can't be that many. Yeah. Can you have your guy come pick up your shit? There's too much shit here. You're not wrong. You're not right, but I won't tell you why you're wrong. Or you're not wrong, right? I don't know. Listen, you tell that son of a bitch sandwich to get in his car and drive it down here and pick up this shit. What's your car's name? Monty? No. No. What's the car's name? Reggie. Tell him to get in Reggie, drag his ass down here, and get all these boxes because it's taking up too much room in my shop. It's never that. It's never that. because Never that accent. Yeah, that's true. Never that accent. But that (laughs) no, the dude is just like, I'm just going to take more of your money. He's like, and it's something ridiculous too. It's like, I'm going to charge you $5 a day per package. <laughs> that would be expensive. That's when I got, that's when I have to literally get on the phone with Sam and be like, yo, you got to go now. We done put this off as long as possible. Sandwich, are you going to be relieved when I'm in town and you don't have to worry about this sort of thing? Yeah, for like a, for a couple, for a month, would it be nice? It's like a month and a half. Just saying. It's going to be nice because we're going to fucking. We isn't you, just because I'll be at work and go through the fucking archive and condense the boxes. No, we'll just do it on the weekend so we can have fun together like friends. Why would you why would you waste all that daytime? I'm I'm kidding. I'm just not letting you out of going. That's all. What to the archive? Yeah. I go there all the time. I know, but not with me. <laughs> we have fun at the archive. Sure. <laughs> Sandwich, get that box. Sandwich, don't hold let this. this box fall on me. Give me the stick. <laughs> Give me the stick of truth. I need this lore. There's lore in that in the in the units. The stick of truth. There's a stick of deception that rivals the stick of truth. Oh yeah, yeah. Only the dark wielder can use it. Goddamn like stick of truth. Anyway, is there other news? Uh, yeah, let's do this last news thing and then we'll get out of here. Oh, I thought of a product thing. Oh, jeez. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Cuts the music. Cut the music. Do the product. <laughs> what? What was it? Was that theme park news? That was theme I'm park glad news. Glad to cut that shit off. <laughs> All right, I'll play. I'll play theme park news quietly in the background while you talk about product. No, uh-uh, because if, you, if you're if you canceling your pass to Disney, no more park news. Oh, I, you know, it's so expensive. Oh, no, are you doing that? Cool. I'm thinking you're about letting it go. It. I, I mean, 
Well, we could add it to the Begathon to help me pay for my Disney passes because it's no, no, that's not a show related uh, <laughs> uh, concern that you and your, and, concern. and your 30 relatives need to go to the park. That's not our concern here. That's a Kevin on the concern. Program. I mean, might be a me concern, but it's not a show concern. No, uh, uh-uh. you cancel that pass. No more, no more park parks can go suck it. I, you know, I think that we're going to let it go for a year. We've got, and, and I mean, if anything, we'll go get Knott's Berry Farm passes. We could literally get Knott's oh, Berry Farm. Oh, come listen, on. Listen, Earl's Disneyland, you can get, we could get passes for the whole family and the food and drink program, meaning we could eat and drink for free every time we go for an entire year for less than one top tier Disney pass. I yeah, mean, it's, it's sixteen sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, Come Disney's on. still worth it. Oh, and you know, you know the latest on how they're really sticking it to the pass holders. First of all, again, I don't know if we talked about it on the show that Chapek. Well, literally... Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. All right, play, right. play the park bumper. I did. All right, I'll play it louder. Geek stuff. Theme park news. I wasn't. G- I hate that bumper. <laughs> I, I need to make it a uh, Scott's theme park Disney rant, like the Hasbro rant. Um, you need to make it exciting and have explosions and music in it. That's just like, oh my god! You know what that is? You remember when we went to Earl's Disneyland? Yeah. And I took a picture of that sign that said "Low that Thrill Ride." Low Thrill Ride. That your bumper is a low thrill bumper. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what his that bumper reminds me of? Hmm. Booting up something on like an N sixty four, or that was like it's not a triple A game, but it's like a lower lower tier game. Yeah, where it's like yeah, that's <laughs> fun time. Yeah, and <laughs> it like, still takes like twenty minutes for it to start anyway. I mean. That's, here, the, that's here, the music. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. I'm going to transfer what Sandwich said into something Scott can appreciate. Okay. It's like loading any Commodore 64 game <laughs> ever, ever from any source. Like from the tape deck? Did you hit play on the tape deck to load it? Yep. You, yeah, I remember that. That's a good one. Sandwich, think about, imagine this. You know what a cassette tape is, right, Sandwich? Yes, I'm aware of the cassette okay. tape. Okay. So prior to. The little three by five floppy disk right there with the five yes. inch floppy disk. Prior to that, it was literally a cassette tape plugged in to the Commodore 64 that you had to hit play on the cassette tape that had digital information <laughs> on it. Think about that. Just imagine that. And you would load up video games on a cassette tape. Just imagine tape. how long that took. <laughs> that is I have crazy. To find my cassette player. I have to hook it up. I have to. Oh, if, if you listen, if you ever oh, listen no, to no, it. No, it wasn't any cassette player, sir. No, no. You had to get specialized. The Commodore 64 cassette player. Yeah. It was oh, the I same. I can only imagine. The same plastic color. <laughs> that must have cost like. Actually, I don't know how much that would cost. Because I feel like nowadays you'd be like $80. I don't know back then, you know, when you guys would, had like stone for wheels. How much yeah, that would cost. I would, you have to have I to go like research. Three chickens and like a, a month's ration. I, mean, I clearly wasn't there, but I think it would probably be somewhere. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it'd be up in that, up in that Millennium Falcon Death Star playset price range. Maybe Which higher. So I'm looking. I'm looking for a, a an ad here for the Commodore 64. Let's see here. Um, so for five hundred and ninety five dollars. You were, Jesus you would fucking get, Christ. You really? would get the Commodore 64, but I don't... Oh, yeah, and I'm seeing right here, here's the cassette. 
Commodore to cassette tape. They were five hundred dollars back then. The yeah, the computer itself was. Jesus. All right, I don't I'm remember gonna... them being that expensive. I mean, I don't remember what it would have cost. In really. any of the research I've ever done into the distant past, the distant, distant past. Oh yeah, Kevin was always a historian. We were in middle school together. <laughs> That's right. He was always looking up what things were like thirty years before you were in middle school. Yeah, I, I, because I collected all that old shit. Yeah, you were into the old stuff. Um, yeah. So anyway, back to Disney. How they are sticking it to the pass holders now, key hold, key members or whatever. Um, so Chapek, the CEO, literally said the parks were filled with undesirable attendees, meaning. Pass holders. People who go to Knott's Berry Farms. No. People that pay for these passes at exorbitant prices and go to the parks, but I guess they don't spend as much money as a tourist does. But instead of going one day or one week like a tourist does, they go multiple times a year. So I tend to disagree with that they spend less money. They may spend less per visit, but they visit more. So do they spend less money in the long run? I don't know. Anyway, Chapek called us undesirable attendees they're raising the prices when they're giving you uh parking on your pass the lower tiered passes only let you park at the toy story lot instead of the structure so you can't even park in the structure if you've got those lower tier passes so they're just like it's just such a money grab it's nickel and diming every little thing and it's so insulting and it's just it's just shitty and and it's i mean like you said the problem is the demand for Disney is so high that they can get away with it. It doesn't mean it's right. It's a shitty, shitty corporate thing to do. And Chapek is the embodiment of shitty corporate CEO. You should at least keep them until the end of the year. Well, they expire in September, so we'd have to re- renew them when they're done. Then you should at least keep them until next year. <laughs> renew for one more year? When you eventually realize that I'm angling for an invitation for the holidays... <laughs> And I want to go to the park, then you'll need them. I mean, you could always buy a ticket. And in fact, my if if I renewed them, I'm not going to renew them all at the highest tier. I'd be blocked out for the holidays anyway. So we'll have to have the going to the parks at the holidays discussion another time. Um, we can go to Earl's Disneyland for Christmas. You've never oh, seen yay. Knott's Berry Farm at Christmas time. It's beautiful there. Sandwich, did you ever go to this Knott's Berry Farm? One time. I didn't go in the park. I went to eat food. Oh, you, you, you ate Mrs. Knott's chicken? Was it delicious? Yes. It was delicious. I didn't even have the chicken. It was all right. I, I don't fucking remember. Not I just remember. Me I, need to eat I remember it was dark, meatball. and I think there was like a shooting the day after. <laughs> Only the day after? Oh. So sp- uh, I remember like being at the safety of Disney World and being like, "Yeah, there was a shooting at Knott's Berry Farm." Like, oh, well, so good thing I this, went there yesterday. This summer at Knott's Berry Farm, some teenagers were running amok and causing some problems, and they literally closed the park early. And then the next day, they said, "From they said starting Saturday and Sunday, after whatever time at, at night, you know, maybe it was five, six, seven, I don't know what time, uh, you must have a chaperone." So no unaccompanied minors, no unaccompanied like under 18 without an oh. adult. And then and people thought, oh, man, that's going to be really tough on their business. People loved it. They, I think it's like now all the time. There's no like every day that they're open, you have to have a chaperone after a certain hour. And it's like it's lovely. You can just walk in. You can ride the rides. It's not full of a bunch of teenagers causing trouble. 
So that's how things are going over at Earl's Disneyland. Yeah. Do you know why? Part of amusement parks. Do you know why there's a bunch of teenagers causing trouble running around that park? Because hmm. they can afford to do so. Correct. Because yes. that shit is dirt cheap. Yes, it is. And Disney is extremely expensive. And, yeah, and that's why you know why because it's worth it. That's why. At at some point, it's not worth it anymore, and that's the that's the decision that lots of people. I don't are even know why I'm make. even talking to you. I don't even know why I'm even talking to you about this. You are clearly not the person who's making this decision, and I will take this up with that person. <laughs> I'll take this upstairs. <laughs> I will take it to that person, and I will say to that person, person. You should not cancel those Disney passes before I get there. All right. Well, uh, look yeah. at all the wonderful advice I've given you. <laughs> yeah. You can watch Insert commercials for it here. on this giant TV. You can watch Disney commercials on it. So. These are only examples of things that Kevin has given with his wonderful advice. <laughs> first oh. of all, first of all, I was a I was a brilliant guest in that house. I'm just gonna put that out there. That's number one. Number two, this person who I am not naming, actually listens to my advice. I'm just saying. Now, in the end, she was overruled for the TV that they should have gotten. <laughs> the more expensive by, version, by the way, sandwich. By this, what, 700 this, bucks? This Disney thing, I think she's going to be on my side on this one. All right. Well, we'll, have, we'll, we'll see how those conversations play out. I'm not... I will... I will I will stay in my room and let you I have will, those discussions. I will. I will. <laughs> you will. Hamana, hamana, hamana. Uh, all right. So the last Disney thing. So they just uh, put up their new cruise ship, the Disney Wish, on which there is a uh, Star Wars hyperspace lounge-themed ex- dining experience where you can get a drink called the Kyber Crystal. Price is right rules. Sandwich, you go first this time. How much is it? Wait, hold on. Before we get into this, is that person at is that person in your residence at this time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. She, who do you okay. think is watching the kids right now while I'm doing this? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Price is right rules. Price is right rules. So, four hundred dollars. Disney Wish, right? Their premier. Yes. Yes. Cruise ship, brand new. A drink inspired by the Star Wars franchise in the hyperspace lounge on the Disney Wish. You say four hundred dollars. $400. All right, Kev. $40. $5,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> what does it have gold in it? I don't know. It says I was like, "Oh, 400, that's the, ridiculous." The ingredients were unavailable at the time of this cocktail, a 500 or uh, $5,000 drink. Is it the blood of children? <laughs> it's the blood of Christ? It's called the Kyber Cross. No, you can get that for free in any church on Sundays. You just gotta walk like, in. They just give it to you. They just give. It to you. They don't even really check if you're Catholic. You can just have it. You can just have it. They, they they do frown if you ask for seconds though. You only get once. One one shot of Christ's blood per person per week. Well, per church. You can go to multiple churches. You just can't. You just can't get. Yeah. So so you gotta find the right. You gotta see who's getting the two o'clock mass going. By the way. <laughs> by the way. Yes. A friend of this program is a Catholic went priest. To, went to the Star Cruiser. Really? Did, did you get? Oh, did you? Did you get? Oh yeah. Oh, you bet. I got a whole bucket full. Believe me. 
And not the point. The point is, is that we're going to have him on the show. I wanted to give him a little time to recover and reflect. Um, but yeah, we're going to have him on an upcoming episode to talk about his experience on the Star Cruiser. No, I, I'm, I'd love to hear it. That, that's now, of course, cool. he got me the droid. Yeah. In like two different sizes. And I think, I think it's actually waiting. It may be waiting or it may have already been put into the archive. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> so uh, and I got a Sabak set from there too that I really liked. And uh, different is it different than the one that they had at the at, at yeah, uh, Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. Okay, it's fancy. It's fancy. fancy. It's in a box. <laughs> no, a Sabak box. Sabak. It's a different set. That's all. It's like playing cards, but it's a different set. What's in the box? It's a sabak box. Bark, bark, box. All right. I think we've rambled on enough. Actually, hold on. Hold on one second. All right. Since we're having fun, let me see. Um, uh, I'm looking to see. Oh, wait. No, it's probably on. I'm looking to see now. So now I want to know. Pulling back the curtain. Inquiring minds want to know. This is my, my friend Martin. And he sent me a picture. Oh, yeah, that stuff was delivered like back in July. So I'm guessing it's in the archive already, which means no one will see it until I get there. Um, Yes, uh, he gave me. Yeah, he gave me from the Chandra. Well, how are we saying that? Chandrilla Starline. It's the SK620 is the name of the astromech. And it looks like um, the three and three quarter version. I think that's hold on a second. I'm, I'm looking to see that looks like it could be a six inch scaled version, but it's not a proper figure. It could be a PVC. Um, a Sabak set. It says Sabak Coruscant shift, which I think is a different game actually than the one um, that we got at the park. Uh, Scott. And then I got the SK620, um, like, droid factory droid. The the one, like, you remember, like, the one that I built? Mm-hmm. Like, that size. Did he, did he build that one, or are they pre-built there? They're pre-built. Okay. So I actually got three of the four-inch scale, you know, three and three-quarter standard scale. Beautiful card art, by the way. I got three of those because I need one closed and one open and one to flip because they're apparently going for stupid money. Um, I got the, I think it's a PVC. I'm pretty sure. Actually, I'm looking closer to see if I can see if it's a PVC. I think it's a PVC, but it looks to me, it looks like it's probably really close to uh one twelfth scale, six inch scale. I got the Sabak set, and then I got the the Droid Factory version of the Droid. So I got, I got, I think everything that was related to the Astromech and the Sabak set. The Sabak set was just a surprise, and uh, so I was like, oh, I should get the Sabak set. So I did, and rumor has it that should be in the archive. So, 
Very well, maybe. I love it. Talk to the manager. There's nothing like making me feel confident when I'm 6,000 miles away that my, I, I don't know my, if it's in my car or one of my room. very best friends is taking good care of my stuff and he doesn't even know where shit is. We didn't go through every box. What so if, I'm either in my car or in the unit. What if the twist ending to the big Kev movie was that when Kev finally moves back to New Jersey and he's ready to start his life and, and display his immaculate collection, the sandwich has disappeared and all the boxes in the in the archive are just empty boxes, just empty, full of newspapers. There's nothing sandwich in there. And sandwich the is on a cruise hunt. ship. He's on a cruise ship somewhere. Sandwich would be five thousand dollars on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. It's the it's me in like a sixteen wheeler somewhere in like Nebraska, just <laughs> laughing in the driver's seat. No, it's literally the end of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like got off the plane like in antigua or somewhere and he's just got the hat on you know and some terrible wig <laughs> and it's just slowly walking away meanwhile kevin's going give me a toy mic on the phone i need him i need him to help me track somebody down <laughs> is that the right person who's the person that you would be uh recruiting to search for track me sandwich down. on the lamb I don't know who, who would call. I tried to get the boss to come up and address the issue with you, but apparently she has three children down there yes. is the message I'm receiving back. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's all hands on deck. While I'm doing this show, you say that all of your technology is in use to do the show on your side. Well, all of the help to watch my kids and deal with my family is, is being used while I'm on this show. And... That's why I need to wrap it up so I can go be with my family, like for dinner and bedtime. On that note, folks, uh, <laughs> I hear the wrap-up music. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. On social media, Geeks of TNG on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't forget to be a part of our lovely Patreon. Just for a dollar, you can take part in our lovely Discord and talk to people. Don't forget to at mention Kev. If you want to talk to him? Three dollars to get that show a day and a half early usually Tuesday nights, and a sneak peek at the prep sheet. That $5 tier, the lovely bonus round with many fabulous bonus content. And usually the $10 tier, we would get the live, but technical difficulties, as Hawaii is known to have Wi-Fi issues, uh, we can catch us live. Kev, where are you on the internet? I am at, um, let's see, on Xbox, I am Big Kev GS, also on... Uh, Fortnite, which by the way, um, Fortnite was telling me the other day that it's been over five weeks since the sandwich and I played together. Just putting that out there. And um, what else? Everywhere else. Oh, here. Big Kev. G, uh, no, sorry. BK, BK Geek, Geek stuff. stuff everywhere else. Sandwich? Mr. Scott. Oh, okay. I will go. You can find me at. Fat Dumbledore on the Instagram and pretty much everywhere else. And I am Pi Day Scott, P-I-D-A-Y-S-C-O-T-T on the Instagrams and the Twitters and you can find me there. Also, we've started actually doing uh, the podcast again, so if you want to hear uh, me and uh, that other person that Kev is not We don't naming. have enough time for this show, but we're doing the Pi Day cast. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! 
unbelievable. I'm trying to I do the podcast. podcast with my wife and I where we talk to each other once a week uh, so we can actually like spend some time together looking into each other's eyes and talking what about you all gonna, the fun What are you going to do? Yeah, who's those... looking after them kids then? They're what are you going to do without those, those, those yearly passes to Disney? That's so much content right there. You're right. We are losing a lot of content for the podcast. That is true. Um, yeah, we do it after it, they're asleep. The podcast alone. Believe me, this would be a lot easier if we could do this show after the kids are asleep, but Sandwich has to go to bed at the same time as the kids do. So, I mean, what do you well, want? You, time zones. You, you, you leave out time zones. That, that, that doesn't change the fact that you go to bed at the same time as my kids. So, I don't yeah, know. What time do they go to bed West Coast time? <laughs> Seven. Nine o'clock. So, midnight over here? Yes, I'd like to be in bed by midnight. <laughs> Uh, what, what should we call this episode? Um, uh, I don't know. Undesirable attendee. No. no. Undesirable attendee. L- low thrill ride. No, low we're, sa- thrill we're ride. saving low, low thrill ride for our low, discussion low of... Low thrill bumper. Yeah, low thrill bumper. Is that it? Episode 693? Yeah, sure. Low thrill bumper. Works for me. Oh wait, quick! I have I have a deep I have a I have a something. What? The, you guys were asking how much the Commodore cost in 1985. Oh okay. One hundred fifty dollars. Oh, that's not One bad. Five zero. That's not bad at all. Yeah. So there, there, there's your quick sandwich fact of the day. A Commodore 64 in 85 cost one hundred fifty dollars. Now that lovely note, folks, Kev can take us away. And with that. We will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 693, the one we called Undesirable, no, uh, Low Thrill Bumper, to a close, the way we end some episodes by saying... Good night, Gerald Potterton. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music.
All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>